Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Caitlin, and this is our 123rd episode of Talk Direction. Um, and I'm back in England, so I am across the pond again, back at the old uh, school day grind. Um, and I had an exam today. And I'm so tired because <laughs> uh, I've been going to bed like super, super late, like 3, 4 a.m. But then, of course, for my exam, I was like, no, I need to go to bed early. So I tried to go to bed at like 12 and like I don't know what was up, but I just could not go to sleep. And my mind was just like thinking about so much stuff um, and it was just really bad. So I really feel like I got almost no sleep last night it was like one of those nights where you just like feel like you're awake the entire time and you're like when did I actually sleep um so yeah sorry if my energy is a little bit low today but I think it fits the mood of today's episode so it's okay um but yeah so back in England had an exam today uh, it was okay um I'm pretty much learning like a whole bunch of like coding type stuff for um, like if you do research and you have to do, run like statistical analysis on your data, um, specifically like genomic data, like genome wide association studies and twin studies and all that fun stuff. I've learned how to use multiple different programs um, to run data on it, including Plink, R SPSS. Today's exam was on Plink and it's pretty much like a whole bunch of numbers, zeros and ones and dashes and like weird code words and I feel like I'm like some computer genius type of person but really I have no idea what I'm doing. So yeah that's what I've been doing um, as of late. Kara's not on the episode this week, it's just me. Um, and when she comes back on, I guess we're going to have like more of a formal announcement. I know we keep like telling you, but I'm purposely doing that because like, I know when like podcasts I've listened to sort of just like dropped a big announcement, like all at once, it was like shocking because you didn't feel like you were a part of the process at all. So like sort of been gearing you guys up, <laughs> um, for like changes on the podcast. But yeah, she's going to talk a little bit about that. You already know she's taking sort of a backseat and has stopped being on, um, every episode every week, which, um, yeah, we're going to clarify a bit more next time she's on. Um, but yeah, that's sort of why the episodes have been wonky. Plus it was over break, over winter break, but um, doing them by myself is difficult to do because it's a lot of work, um, but hopefully as I move forward um, and get some help on that, I have some listeners coming on, some upcoming episodes, which will be really nice. Um, hopefully we'll be able to get a schedule within the next couple of months. Like I can't say it's going to happen right now, especially because February is one of the most difficult months for my um uh, my master's program but like nearing March I'll be starting my dissertation 
so things will hopefully get more like straightforward and I'll also like figure out what changes I officially want to make for the podcast and where I want to take it but yeah that's like just kind of a heads up because obviously One Direction is on hiatus and we don't know when they're going to get back together so it's just that whole thought process of how, how do we theme this podcast to like stay relevant and do we continue to talk about all the boys solo careers um which would be great but you know I'm not as into maybe like Liam's music or like we talk about Harry a lot or Louie a lot so um yeah but then also there's things like we've done really cool interview we did a really cool interview with an author and there's potential authors coming up that we want to interview and potential filmmakers and perhaps musicians um so trying to figure out how I want to carry the podcast forward making sure it's inclusive to all of that um so if you guys have suggestions I'm totally opening open to taking them I've kind of got an idea of where I'm going with it um and maybe broaden it to more than just one direction um but yeah let me know um because it is my baby and I'm trying to like figure out what I want to do with it because I want to continue on the podcast because it's one of my favorite things and I feel like there's so many new directions to go in um but yeah I'm always open to suggestions um that being said I feel like just recently we haven't done a lot of song discussions and we've had a lot of fun silly episodes I really like the ones Karen and I did over break um if you didn't listen to them make sure you do because I think you guys really liked them uh for the Christmas one we sang songs and played weird games <laughs> and and then the last one too we also like played weird games and I don't know what we were doing just like they were silly and fun and lots of laughter and like a good old Kara Caitlin catch-up which was definitely needed um uh but yeah so I wanted to do some song uh discussion episodes and I think that'll be good too if I'm doing a number of episodes alone or with listeners um song discussions are ones that I can definitely do where I can just interpret the songs and so maybe they'll be a bit shorter because there's not so much news going on right now um like the boys haven't really done a whole bunch um but yeah I thought we could get through some songs because we didn't even really touch that many on Harry's album and definitely haven't touched a lot on Niall's album and I know Liam and Louie's albums are coming up and perhaps Zane's as well so I wanted to cover off some more of our favorite songs from um Niall and Harry's albums before those ones come out and then we're even like looking to the future to to like more a new Harry album or whatever and then we haven't even discussed like some of the big songs off his first one so that's what I'm planning to do and maybe keep them more like around 45 minutes to an hour just because I'll be doing it by myself and it is hard to talk a really long time plus that'll help me like keep them more consistent just like moving into like the next couple months before I get a routine um but yeah that's a little bit of an update I feel like there's updates every week but again I want to like keep you sort of where we're at um just so like nothing comes like as a big sudden change <laughs> where it's like oh my god like what's going on um but yeah so I want to bring back um the um what's it called the segment that we do 
called Back to You. Let me write down this timestamp. <laughs> Usually, Kara and I are like writing down timestamps for this, but now I'm just doing it myself. So, okay. So, I have to insert that music, which I will have done, and you'll have heard it. Oh my gosh, future things happening. Anywho, this comes from Carrie, and these are from a while ago, and I'm just going to be interspersing some of our feedback that you guys sent us. We have a Gmail talk direction at gmail.com. We have a Twitter at talk underscore direction. Um, we have a Tumblr, talkdirection.tumblr.com. We have a whole bunch of different ways to get in contact with us. Um, and we like reading that stuff on the show. So this one comes from Carrie who says, hey y'all, I've been listening for about a year now. It's my first time writing in. In response to some of the things from the second to last episode, now this, again, re remember, this was from a while ago, so. Um, I feel like my taste and thoughts about songs often mirror both of you guys, except I was so shocked you both don't love too much to ask. I've been listening to it nonstop. I see what you were saying about the music being pretty simple, like, if it, like it was made in GarageBand, lol, but I still just love it. I think it's a really heartfelt song. The repetitive nature of it doesn't really bother me. Tons of Harry songs, women ever since New York, are super repetitive also, and I love them too. On the flip side, I always skip Two Ghosts when I listen to Harry's album. It's literally the only song in the album I just don't like. I totally agree with you guys about the album version of Ever Since New York. It goes, it just goes flat. The SNL version, however, is amazing. I think it's great that you give honest, give your honest opinions. It's cool to hear other people's points of views on songs. Keep up the awesome work. Love hearing what you guys think. Carrie, 27, Texas. Oh, I'm like going to be so out of breath reading all these, you guys. Um, but thank you so much for this email. I love hearing your opinions on the songs and like that you agree that some of them are flat um, or like the fact that you skip two ghosts every time. Because I know when we had the two ghosts discussion, I think Kara and I both weren't like super like pumped about it but then like over winter break as I was listening to Harry's album again as I've said before like I just found this like complete love for the album again and I was thinking back to some of the song discussions we had on like two ghosts and I was like what was I thinking like there's so much good stuff about two ghosts so like it's so interesting how like opinions on songs can fluctuate or like different people can have different opinions like I just keep thinking of like the amazing guitar in Two Ghosts that I sing along to that's like -na -na, -na -na -na. and like that's so great and amazing and I don't think we really like gave it that props um and like yeah what you said about too much to ask you were surprised that neither of us were really like struck by it and I don't think I'd like completely change my opinion but I do have to say like th that like when Niall's album came out I was like super stressed with a whole bunch of stuff and I think that really affected the way I listened to the album. Um, and I think also like when you're doing a song discussion, like I really like to take my time to, like it, it takes me a long time to, like for from the dining table, I started working like planning just, like I had planned the episode a couple days ago for this episode, oh surprise, we're doing from the dining table. I'm sure you already saw that on the um, podcast title. But um, when I started planning this episode, like I planned it the other day, but then I do my like, I also like take notes for just the song and I really like to go through it. I pause it. I write down notes. I listen to all the music bits and it takes me usually over an hour to do. 
Um, this one I think took me even longer because I'm going to try to incorporate some of the song like s sound into uh, the episode, which I think could be a cool new thing that we could do so you could hear exactly what we're talking about when we talk about it. Um, but yeah, I didn't do that for too much to ask. And I know I've said that, but I want to say it again because like I've just I do feel like that that guilt of like not giving too much to ask, like the time it deserved to really appreciate all the little tiny bits that like make a song so great. Um, so that's another reason I kind of want to dig into more of Niall's album and really talk about like the positives about it and the songs that I really like um, and sort of give it like a second like review, I guess, um, because I, I really do like it. And it's like when I look back at Two Ghosts or, you know, Niall's album, I'm like, what the heck was wrong with me? Sometimes the things I say just weren't true. Um, and that's not the case for like everything we've talked about negatively on the show. Like I still don't like Steal My Girl very much. Um, but then like the song Perfect, while we really didn't like it at first, now it's like a total jam looking back. So it really like depends on when songs hit you and what's going on in your life and like what's going on with like also like where they fall in their release date and things like that. So yeah, thank you for bringing up this Carrie. And uh, I thank you for your email. It's very nice. Um, okay, the next one comes from Stephanie, who says, oh, and this one's going to be edited because Stephanie wrote a beautifully long email. Um, but again, I'll get super out of breath. <laughs> but um, I edited it down, and by that I mean I highlighted bits. So I will be reading the shortened version. Stephanie said, hey, Caitlin and Kara, been meaning to write in several times but never got around to it, so excuse this ex insanely long email. But I got to see Niall at the Olympia Theatre in Dublin in August and wanted to share some thoughts because I absolutely felt like the luckiest person to be able to be at the first concert at such a small venue. Um, also, I'm one of the got into 1D late people right around the time the hiatus started. I knew of them, had heard of their music, but the first 1D thing I deliberately clicked on was carpool karaoke and I was hooked immediately. Um, anyway, Niall in Dublin. I live in Germany, so I did have to get on a plane for this. I flew into Dublin the day before the concert. Um, what I love most about the concert was it was literally just about listening to the music. That's pretty much all we did. There was no big show except for when he did Slow Hands. He definitely got a little more extra during that. There was little singing along because nobody knew the songs except for Slow Hands in this town. And for that... And for the most part, it was just really nice and really chill. Um, that being said, I thought I loved Slow Hands, but Slow Hands Live, a whole nother level. Paper Houses just makes me melt, and I love On My Own. It's so much fun. The whole band works together really well. Everyone seemed to have a lot of fun. The guitarist left stage. The, the guitarist on the stage left seemed to have the time of his life. It was really cute. It just makes me so happy to have these shows be so s celebratory for and of the female community, and especially with Harry's shows, also the LGBTQ plus community. I love how much effort he puts into creating his safe, this safe space. Sorry, I, I cut out some, so it jumped to like Harry's stuff. Um, and this bubble of love makes me very emotional. And while it's obviously not a woman exclusive space, just like 1D concerts never were, it definitely is and has been from like the Beatles to the Backstreet Boys, a primarily female space. Um, I think 
and this is continuing with Niall. I think he might have really just wanted people, yeah, this is back to Niall. I think he might have just really wanted to hear his music and actually listen without people singing or yelling over the music because it's such a different experience to the 1D concerts where you had tens of thousands of people who knew every line to every song. Also amazing, but a really different atmosphere. Um, have you guys ever listened to Hannah McGregor's podcast, Secret Feminist Agenda? If not, I highly recommend it. Love the podcast and hope you're having a good week. Lots of love from Germany, Stephanie. AKA never your girl on Twitter. Um, woo. <sighs> Sorry for like butchering that a bit, um, Stephanie, but thank you so much for this really long email. I feel like it's so amazing that you got the chance to see Niall at his first concert in Dublin, like where he's from. That is so freaking cool. Um, um, what was I going to say? That. Uh, bah, 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 um, oh yeah, about the whole like getting to listen to it just like for the first time and really just sit there and listen. Um, I wish I could totally have that experience. Um, I was listening to this video of Damien Rice at a concert um, and what song was it that he was singing? I kind of really want to know because it was a really special video. Um, but everyone was just like so quiet and like they 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 knew how to sing along the harmonies for the, like different parts of it um but for the rest of it people were super respectful and i know like when you're having someone like super popular and you go to see their like concert everyone sings along and that's such an amazing thing and i love that aspect of concerts um but there's also something really special about like when it's a quiet song just like really listening to the artist sing um and it's got this just interesting like atmosphere in the whole place i really i'm trying to find this video what was it it was damien rice damien rice is um a like singer songwriter who was one of ed sheeran's biggest inspirations he sings about him in his songs um i can't find it right now um but yeah, it was really cool. And, yeah, I just, like, hope that even though now, like, when I go see Niall, obviously people are going to know the songs and, like, know the lyrics. But I hope there's still, like, that similar vibe of really just, like, listening to the music and listening to Niall. And, of course, singing along, but, like, being respectful about it. Because um, it, it's always, like, the worst when someone's, like, singing super personal song or a really quiet song and then there's like people screaming in the background and you're just like can you please stop taking me out of this moment that I'm having you know um but yeah thank you for this email Stephanie it was very lovely and um everyone else you can write in and we will read it on the show I still have a number of emails to go through as well so if you write in now it'll probably be a couple episodes away from now um, but I'm gonna try to like catch up to date on these emails um, because they're really good and there's a lot of good discussion that comes from them. Um, but yeah, so as I said in the beginning, there's not really news, although this intro has been like 19 minutes, so you know this episode's gonna be freaking long anyways. <laughs> um, so I've just decided to go into the main discussion, which as I mentioned is all about from the dining table. Um, and we, 
Um, now this is me reading my notes randomly, <laughs> trying to like talk and speak and think at the same time. Um, I feel like From the Dining Table is one of the sort of most universally liked songs. Like obviously everyone loves Kiwi, but I think From the Dining Table is another one that is highly liked by a lot of people or it's some people's favorites. Um, it's a very personal song and I know Harry said that it was one of those songs where it was like the first time he felt like he was putting himself out there in a certain way that he hadn't done before, which I think is an interesting thing for him to say because um, I guess it lends us some insight into his songwriting and like his songwriting for One Direction. Um, like if From the Dining Table is one of the songs that he feels like he's put most it's like the most personal he's ever done and the most vulnerable he's ever been. Um, I guess it questions like how personal were the songs he wrote for One Direction. Like the songs we know that he wrote are like Olivia, Happily, um, Perfect. I mean, he's written on a ton of them, but like the ones that he's more known for, like Long Way Down, not Long, yeah, no, not Long Way Down, um, If I Could Fly. That's what I meant to say. So like those ones, like he's known for being a big part on because either he's the only boy credited plus other songwriters or like one of a couple. Um, so yeah, it makes me question like where those songs came from. Maybe they were like part of personal experience, but like not such a literal like, it might have been more, like, an emotional feeling he was feeling or, like, you know, one experience that sort of blossomed into a story of a song rather than maybe this song feels like a very personal moment that really did actually happen to him. Um, plus, it's a very vulnerable song, and I think maybe the emotions on this one are maybe more vulnerable and more raw than some of the emotions on other songs um, that he's written. So I think that's cool to get that insight from him. Um... That being said, it was written not only by Harry, but also by Mitch Rowland, Ryan Nassi, Tyler Johnson, Jeff Basker, and Alex Salabian. Salabian. I don't know if I ever say that right. Um, whew, it's, I feel like I'm running a marathon, you guys. Um, but yeah, the first thing that always strikes me about this song is that when I'm listening to the album... Whenever I hit this one, especially like when I'm driving in a car and people are talking, I have to turn this one up a whole bunch in order for it to be at the sort of same listening level as the other songs. And it always kind of bugs me because um, like when you are making an album, you want all the songs to be at the same like volume level so that when someone's listening to the album, they don't have to turn it up and turn it down at like different parts of the album. So like when we do this podcast and like I'm putting Kara's voice and my voice together. Now, trust me, this does not work very well because I'm stuck at technology. But what we try to do is make it so that our voices are at the same volume level. So it's like I'm not screaming and Kara's like super quiet because that would be hard on your ears. You, you'd have to turn it up every time like Kara spoke, but turn it down every time I spoke. Um, it's like you want the volume level to be pretty even. So whenever this song comes on, I have to like jack up the volume a whole bunch. <laughs> um, but I said this to my sister Rebecca and she was like, maybe that's an artistic choice. They like want you to force your like force the volume up. Um, and I think that's like a valid point. But like I think a song can still be like soft and quiet, but it like could still be louder 
Like, they could have just adjusted the volume. I don't know if you guys have that same, like, problem with this song. It's not as much as, like, if you're listening in headphones, but if you're, like, in the car, you often miss the very beginning or, like, the beginning, like, 30 seconds because it's so quiet and it's very hard to hear. Um, let me think about the first time I listened to this song. I remember, let me paint you a picture. I was listening to the album like on repeat and how I did it was every time I listened to a new song I would start from the beginning of the album and add on so by the time I got to from the dining table it was time to just listen to the entire album and let it flow into from the dining table and I really wanted to do it that way just to like absorb the whole thing in its like entirety the way that it was supposed to be heard um, and I decided to do this in my car because um, I wanted that surround sound like I like headphones and I like out loud but the car was just like the per perfect mood and it was like at night and it was kind of rainy and I was sitting in my car actually I don't know if it was raining it's hard to remember but I know it was nighttime and I listened to it in my car and it was just like so beautiful and so haunting and I ended up listening to the album again <laughs> in my car like as I sat there because it's only 40 minutes so it's not that long um but yeah I just had like a real moment by myself in my car listening to this like surround sound of these strings and these haunting like harmonies and falsetto and it was so beautiful um I'm so glad I listened to it the first time that way. Um, and, and then hearing it live is another way I've heard it. Um, I went to see Harry and I saw him twice. I can't believe that was all the way back in like, what, October now? That's crazy. It's been a while. It's been almost two months, I guess. So it was at the end of October. Um, and that is also another really cool way um, to listen to it. I feel like this is one of the moments I'm talking about where like, as I said earlier, you just really want the audience to be super respectful and super quiet. And I don't think that always completely happened at Harry's shows. I know like one of them, people were pretty respectful. Um, but I know I've seen like videos online where people will like catcall at, um, the, the line played with myself, which I just kind of find annoying. <laughs> Um, or like people will sort of talk during it and you're just like, be quiet. I'm trying to absorb this moment. Um, I think it also comes at a moment where, oh, this is what was happening. People were like cheering for Kiwi and he comes back on to play from the dining table. So everyone's like really riled up for Kiwi because people wanted him to play it again for a second time, which obviously I wanted as well. But then like we were hit with like such a, um, slow song. So it almost felt like disjointed a bit. Um, so I wish I could have had more of that, like, really atmospheric, like, personal, intimate sort of environment, um, hearing it live. Um, but I think you can still get that from just listening to it in your headphones or in your car or out loud. I think because the way it was recorded and the way it was produced has such a live feel that it's almost like more intimate that way than sort of in this big concert venue um so yeah I just and I'm gonna be like pointing out a lot of the sort of live sounding parts to the album because there's so many little um little noises that they kept in 
for like the production of this album and I again compare it to Niall's album where he, when he talked about his album they really wanted to clean every little noise up if there was like you know the sound of a finger on the fret they would redo it so that there was no longer that if there was like a sound in the background they'd clean that out so it's very very polished um, but for this song having all those little noises in really creates that very intimate exp listening experience where you feel like you're right there and I feel like the song could be so different if it wasn't produced like that so like wow good choice on that one you guys like honestly it makes all the difference to have it sounding so so live um uh the next question i have for myself is do you think this is a good ending song for the album of course it's the last song on his 10 song album um and it is a quiet song to end on um it reminds me of how ed sheeran's album ends on save myself which i definitely felt was a uh sort of a downer to go out on if you want to hear I, I did an entire bonus episode reviewing ed sheeran's album um that was a number of weeks ago but you can find it still on uh on itunes or soundcloud or whatever um but that was for his album multiply but so i think harry's i don't think th from the dining table is as as much of sort of a sad song as save myself um, is but it's still more somber than a lot of them but I think in Harry's case it follows women which is more of a mid-tempo song so it's not so jarring and it kind of leads into it very nicely like because we go only angel and kiwi which are super loud but then we have ever since New York and then women and then from the dining table and sort of ever since New York and women bring it back to this like slower down like peaceful thing and it ends with from the dining table and it's just very much it almost you know saying that out loud it kind of reminds me of how sign of the times is that sort of journey of a song where it almost like brings you up into the atmosphere and at the end you feel like you're floating back down i feel like you get that same sort of journey with throughout harry's album from like meet me in the hallway then you have like some of the upbeat songs in the middle and then it lays you back down um, to like down back on earth with from the dining table um, so I do think it's a good ending song and it's kind of leaves you very haunting and it, it closes the album in a really nice way I think and there's like reflections of different parts of the album like the different harmonies the building harmonies um, I think reflect some of the earlier songs and I think it sort of like ties it in a nice little bow um so yeah i do think it's a good album i mean good song to end on um i want to get into the lyrical the lyrical analysis now um so let's get into that this is gonna be a long lyrical analysis i took a ton of notes um but starting with the title as we usually do from the dining table um, now Harry's talked about this um, title being from like when he was in Jamaica and they would all sit around the dining table I think it was like after they ate or like while they were eating or something like that and they'd kind of just like write songs at the table um, and all the other songs they wrote ended up having names but this song will always be to him from the dining table so again we see Harry choosing titles that are not necessarily from lyrics in the song just like he he's done with um, Kiwi uh, it's not lyrics in the song this one's similar from the dining table not lyrics in the song 
Um, and it's more about his experience writing it, which I think adds some like new light on what the song means to him because it's not necessarily just about the moment in time, but also sort of the moment reflecting on it and the emotions surrounding that and that helps build the character of the song. Um, so yeah, I think it's an interesting choice of title and you can almost like picture them writing it at the dining table and I think that adds a new experience for the listener. Um, so the, the song opens with this guitar that sort of sets the mood right away. Um, and like I said, you can hear the hands moving on like each individual string. It sounds sort of empty and a bit lost, but like I also said hollow and deep. Um, it almost reminds me of Meet Me in the Hallway. It has that sort of surround sound, string sound. That Meet Me in the Hallway does, but this one's a lot more like pulled back and acoustic and sort of one guitar going rather than Meet Me in the Hallway just has like a whole bunch of strings going and it feels almost like an ocean of strings. This one's very kind of hollow and deep sounding. Um, so the first verse is woke up alone in this hotel room, played with myself, where were you? Fell back to sleep, I got drunk by noon, I've never felt less cool. So I feel like the imagery in this song, because it's like so personal and intimate, it almost seems like it is a, a sort of a snapshot or a moment or like a day that actually happened. And it's not so much about like the fluffy language surrounding um, the experience, but like he's sort of saying it how it is. So the interpretation of the song is not that hard to figure out. Whereas like when we are interpreting Kiwi or ever since New York, you know, some of those lines are a little bit more um, poetic where you kind of have to figure out what he's trying to say and what happened. But this one, woke up alone in this hotel room. I mean, I think that's pretty straightforward. <laughs> he woke up in a hotel room. Um, and then of course you have the line, um, oh, I wanted to say, actually, right before he starts singing, you can hear him take this breath it, I think it's like such a little detail that like you might not expect, you might not hear it like if you're not really paying attention, but if you go through it very, very detailed, like with the very like detailed listening ears on, you can hear all these little tiny things that like come together to be this amazing experience. So I want to like show you guys this like just breath and he takes it throughout the entire song but I think breathing is really key to the intimacy of this because if you can hear someone like taking an inhale breath that means the room is quiet the room is still it's it's you're probably close by them you can hear them breathing you can hear that they're sort of like this vulnerable person um, and it makes you feel like you're very close to them. So even if we're just listening in headphones, listening in the car, it feels like Harry's almost there with you because you can hear him taking that breath. And at some points it sounds like a little shaky. It's like, you know, he's taking that breath to start singing, but it's also like him taking a breath, dealing with the emotions that are in this song. And also his voice like sounds super layered here. Um, there's like, it's not just like one 
is almost like very whispery and layered and he's not like speaking in a full voice it's this sort of quiet whisper and you can almost hear his like lips as they move um, and come together and it just it makes it very delicate and like sort of soul bearing um, but yeah getting on to sort of the imagery um, I thought the hotel room was significant to point out because it contrasts songs that he's done in the past, such as Perfect, where it's sort of, you know, this glam life of, you know, making messes in hotel rooms or traveling from hotel to hotel, party to party. Um, and it's taking that image and sort of flipping it on its head. And rather than that sort of glam atmosphere you might picture at, like, when you're staying in a hotel, um, it's it's sad it's like this empty hotel room and he's waking up alone and it changes that narrative that we might always think of that oh if you're like some rich person in a hotel it must be fancy and glamorous but you know it's not necessarily that way he's waking up alone and he feels alone and he feels a bit empty um and i think that's interesting and also hotel room it's not necessarily homey you know waking up alone at home is one thing but when you're waking up in a hotel room alone and you have no one around you and maybe you're in a country that's far away it's another thing and it adds sort of a level of loneliness to it um then we have played with myself which i think is a very intimate line um i know he said you can interpret it however you want i do think of it as masturbation i think a lot of people take it that way as well but I know he said like you can interpret it how you want like could be played with myself mentally um but I I think it's more I think it's pretty clear what what he's talking about um especially when he's saying like where were you um he's sort of wondering where this other person is the love sort of um the love character how do I say it the subject um of this uh, of this song he's definitely missing them and wishing they were there and he's thinking about them and it's sort of this like alone sad masturbation like session in a hotel room it seems like um, which is like very intimate and soul bearing and Harry talks about the song being as intimate as he's ever been and you do get that feeling um, when he when he talks about this like being alone and just thinking of someone and wishing they were there um and then fell back to sleep I got drunk by noon I think that adds to it where it seems just like one of those days where you kind of like lie in bed are sad um like wake up eat something go back to sleep um get drunk by noon I thought that was interesting get drunk by noon not not only because like obviously it means he's drinking in the morning um, which probably means he's trying to forget something or not think about something or he can't really be bothered to deal with it. Um, plus he has like nowhere to really go if he's getting drunk by noon. But also it means he woke up early <laughs> by himself because um, usually if I'm a guy having a sleep in day, I don't know, drunk by noon means you woke up and like got out of bed. Um, but uh, so it's almost like he woke up early, like wishing that person was there, like didn't let him sleep. Um, what else do I have? Um, 
Oh, and then the last line, I've never felt less cool. I feel like this language is very colloquial, um, more colloquial than we've seen in some of his songs. Cool is not a very, like, word that you'd pin as, oh, it's such, like, poetic language, you know? It's very kind of, you know, I've never felt less cool. <laughs> um, it's very colloquial sort of speech. And it makes me think he's just sort of straight up saying how he feels. Um, and it gives a very sort of relaxed feel to the song, but still intimate, where he's just, he's not trying to make something too pretty about it. It's just legit, he doesn't feel cool. He's kind of alone and missing this person and drunk in a hotel room. And it's just like, wow, I do not feel very cool right now. Especially when I think Harry Styles, you know, the singer, the actor is supposed to be this like, you know, cool, amazing person that is just, you know, everyone wants to be him. But he's sort of offering this other side of, you know, I'm not always that person. I'm not that person. You know, I'm a real person. And some days I'm not cool. And some days I'm a bit of a mess, just like you. Um, and it's not that glamorized life. So I think that whole, this whole opening really makes you get that mood of um, sort of a little bit empty and a little bit sad and a, bit, a little bit lonely. Uh, okay, so then we have the next part, which is we haven't spoken, we haven't spoke, sorry, we haven't spoke since you went away. Comfortable silence is so overrated. Why won't you ever be the first one to break? Even my phone misses your call, by the way. Um, he's singing in this very, very delicate head voice here, which is so pretty. Why won't you ever say what you want to say? For people who don't know what head a head voice is, it's kind of like where you almost like whisper singing, not really whisper singing, but like you can either string like sing with like your full like voice or you can sing like um, in this sort of a light feathery voice, <laughs> Google it or YouTube it. I'm doing a poor job of describing it, but he's singing in this sort of light feathery voice rather than like, you know, if he were to sing where do broken hearts go? That's in a very loud, powerful, like strong voice, not a head voice. And the sound of, what is this? No, that's at the end. He says, um, we haven't spoken since, we haven't spoke since you went away. And it seems like this person left, went away farther distance than like, you know, just up the street. It seems like they went away like to another country or to another place or wherever it is. Um, and it feels both, both like physically went away, but it also there's an emotional going away as well, where they're not in each other's lives as much anymore. Um, and then this is such a great line. Comfortable silence is so overrated. So I feel like there's this um, sort of romanticized version of comfortable silence <laughs> where everyone talks about how nice it is. Oh, we're, you know, we know each other so well, we can sit in comfortable silence and we don't feel like we have to, you know, awkwardly fill up the the silence with small talk, which I know that feeling where you're like, okay, why am I asking all the questions? It's their turn to ask a question so we can keep the conversation going. Um, but so like, but then like supposedly when you get really comfortable with someone, you know, there's sort of a comfortable silence where you don't feel like you have to talk to them. And I think that can be true with, many people um but 
in in Harry's case, he's saying, no, this is too overly looked at as like a good thing. And comfortable silence is not always a good thing. Um, when you're just not talking to each other in those silent moments, it's not just sort of like this ease that you have with each other, but it can be sort of the silence that is due to the fact that you're not saying what you need to say. And it can become sort of sad and empty and hollow and you're not talking to each other and you're not communicating with each other. Um, and on Harry's album, he has this whole um, theme of lack of communication. And this is just sort of another, um, this is one of those moments where he's talking about that, where comfortable silence is overrated. People put invest too much in how great being quiet is and not talking is. And he's saying, no, we need to communicate. It's not that great when we don't talk. We're not sharing our feelings. Um, it's like, you know, hurting our relationship because we're not talking. It's not this like wonderful thing. Um, so yeah, I really, really love that line. Um, and then we have another great line. Um, oh no, this, well, this isn't the one I was talking about, but why won't you ever be the first one to break? This definitely seems like, you know, this has happened before and Harry always feels like he's the one who's like either breaking the silence, which is one interpretation of it, where, you know, maybe they'll go for a while without talking and Harry's the one who like gives in, breaks the silence, kind of, kind of calls the other person and apologizes or makes up from the fight. Like, you know, when you get in a fight with someone and, you know, someone has to make sort of the first effort to like say, okay, let's come together and apologize. And sometimes it's hard to be that person that like is the one to go and apologize first. Um, and so it seems like Harry is always the person apologizing first. And he's like, why won't the other person be that person? Like, why won't they put their pride aside and come talk to me for once? Um, but it also could be sort of the first one to break, could be sort of emotionally break and break down. And sort of maybe he's questioning why he's the one who always feels like he's so vulnerable and maybe cries first or feels sad first and the other person doesn't feel like, you know, they're feeling those same emotions. And he's kind of asking, why aren't you feeling these emotions that I'm feeling? Um, it almost reminds me of Too Much to Ask from Niall, where he's sort of, it's he in in the song too much to ask it's almost like he's asking for the other person to feel the same pain he's feeling not in like a negative way but just like wanting to know that they cared the same amount where they're both you know hurting from it and it's not just like one person's totally fine and you're kind of still in this emotional like mess <laughs> um so yeah that's what i think about that line and then the line i was talking about that i really liked was even my phone misses your call by the way um, where he's like animating a phone um, where he's missing this person so much even this like inanimate object that doesn't have feelings now has feelings and they're also missing these phone calls and it means the phone's not ringing like it's not ringing as much in a more straightforward way he's physically not getting phone calls from this person but it also is like the object feels like it's missing the phone calls and there's such an absence that it's like taking on all aspects of his life and then, by the way, is a really interesting little phrase to stick at the end of that. I think um, if you look at, like, the the syllables and, you know, the rhyming scheme and stuff, it, it fits there, by the way, since you went away. It fits nicely and it sort of, like, finishes those that verse. Um, but I think it also adds to that sort of colloquial tone 
that we see in the song um or kind of like a little additional phrase that you're throwing in like oh by the way like also my phone misses you but yeah I, I don't know what to completely make out of by the way and I'd love to hear your thoughts is it just something that was slipped in there for like the mathematics to work out correctly or do you find some like deeper meaning um, I definitely think it like works like with the tone of the song and I also really just like it <laughs> I mean it's kind of a casual phrase but I do I do really like it um, yeah I don't know I also like the word bye as well in there just because it makes you think of like hanging up the phone and like saying goodbye to someone um, but I don't I don't know <laughs> I feel like that's not necessarily like why it was there okay so then at the end of this verse it has this really interesting sound of the guitar that sort of follows the same tune as what Harry is saying when he goes woke up alone in this hotel room um, played with myself where were you like that same melody is played on the guitar um, and I love how it reflects the exact same tune he's singing But what's interesting is later on, um, you have to pay attention to this because later on when he, um, the same tune, the same melody happens, but it's slightly different at the end of the song. And I'll, I'll play those parts again so you can hear it. Um, but yeah. Okay, so then we have the next part, which is, I saw your friend that you know from work. He said you feel just fine. I see you gave him my old t-shirt, more of what was once mine. So this one, um, I saw your friend that you know from work. It definitely seems like it could be, it could just be a friend that, you know, they both kind of knew and that worked with the other person. But also that phrase, you know, friend from work could be, you know, oh, oh, they're, you know, something that they've said in the past, sort of a quote where, you know, Harry's asking, oh, who you were hanging out with? And, and then the other person was just like, oh, it's just a friend from work. Um, where, like, now it seems like perhaps it's not just a friend from work. And that can either mean, you know, it was just a friend from work, but now things have developed farther. And, and you know, now there's feelings and, you know, a relationship starting. Or it could also mean, you know, a friend from work could have been someone who the other person cheated on Harry with and that could be cheating in like the real sense or maybe more I don't know not 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 real but like more of an emotional cheating where you know it feels like the other person has an intimate connection with you know this person from work and maybe they're not being totally honest how they feel with Harry about that that they have sort of this side like connection <laughs> not like maybe not that they're acting on it but um you know something that makes Harry feel like uh, something's going on um so and then it turns out that you know now that Harry and the person are broken up maybe there is something going on so yeah there's a lot of layers to that friend you know from work sort of <laughs> that line and it definitely seems like this friend knows the person Harry's thinking about um as he says, he said, you feel just fine. Like he's the one, the friend is now the one in contact with um, the person Harry misses. And now they're the one who sort of knows their everyday 
in and out emotions and feelings when Harry was the one that used to know that. And also there's that that thing where people say, oh yeah, you're just, you're doing just fine after a breakup. And I think Harry feels, you know, Harry obviously doesn't feel fine based on this song. He's really missing the person and is sad and torn up. And to find out that the other person is doing just fine and is not, you know, dealing with those same emotions maybe makes him feel less cool, as he would say. Um, and he's feeling like he's the only one feeling this sadness. And then this is interesting. I see you gave him my old t-shirt, more of what was once mine. It could be Harry's actual t-shirt that he like left at the other person's house. It also could be a t-shirt that, um, you know, he used to borrow from the other person and now this new man is borrowing it. But either way, it's a shirt that, you know, Harry thought of as his and now it's on this other guy and um, the beautiful line more of what was once mine definitely shows that you know uh, the person Harry's missing gave away the shirt but also seems to have given away you know her heart or her emotions or her body or whatever it is you know it's not just for Harry anymore those like love and attraction that love and attraction is not just for Harry. She gave away her sh the shirt, but um, the person also gave away, you know, other parts of them. And Harry is feeling that, and it's sort of, you know, represented by this shirt, but it has this whole entire sort of emotional thing that comes along with the shirt. If you're wearing someone's shirt, there's more of an intimacy there um, that is no longer Harry's to claim. The next bit is, I see it's written, it's all over his face. Comfortable silence is so overrated. Why won't you ever say what you want to say? Even my phone misses your call, by the way. So this part, he is looking at the person, um, the sort of friend from work, and he can tell immediately just by looking at his face um, that the other person is over him and has moved on or at least that's what he thinks he's seeing in my perspective um he can see it's written all over the person's face and maybe that the sort of way that's phrased makes it seem like maybe the other person's not outright saying it and is not trying to come off as like you know mean or whatever but harry can read it that you know it's all over his face the other person's not feeling the same way this is the new this is the new person in the other person's life um <laughs> yeah um and then we have the repeated comfortable silence is so overrated but then the next line is why won't you ever say what you want to say which is different and this is kind of him really asking it like why aren't you saying what you want to say why aren't you talking why can't we communicate like why are you holding it in whether it's holding in something good and like talking about how much you care about the person but also it almost seems like it doesn't matter he would he would still rather the person you know say something that they disliked or say something that they were frustrated about in their relationship so that they could work it out it doesn't really matter it's just that it always feels like the other person is kind of holding things in and you know maybe being a bit passive aggressive and not talking about them and 
he's saying like why won't you just say what you want to say because it's really difficult to deal with when you're not talking about it and I also question here like is Harry saying what he wants to say I mean he definitely says things like why won't you be the first person to break as if he's usually the first person to talk and later on he says like maybe you'll apologize too meaning like he's already apologized so it definitely seems like he's kind of making an effort but we also know from like other songs on the album that he's maybe not the best at communicating either um so i think that's interesting to note so then we go into this beautiful bridge part which is maybe one day you'll call me and tell me that you're sorry too and that's repeated three times and then it says but you you never do um, and oh my gosh, this is so, so beautiful. You can hear the guitar starting to build at the end of the last verse and it like starts getting louder and it goes into this one and you can just feel sort of this beautiful build coming, almost, almost similar to sort of the end of Sign of the Times where it goes into that big repetitive building ending. Um, and I just love this. This is the part that reminds me of um, somewhere over the rainbow and I want to insert a little clip of the parts I'm, rem I'm reminded of because I feel like I keep saying it but um, I've never actually like shared with you the parts like by actually inserting music um, so I want to do that and this one just like it just reminds me of it so much Someday I'll wish upon a star and wake up where the clouds are far behind just because there's like this build up and that and there's that same build up and the notes seem very similar to me um, and I just I really love this part the falsetto and the harmonies are so beautiful and haunting he just gets higher and higher and there's more ener energy more emotions um, and then the strings come in and it's just so beautiful um, the strings on this song and I would love if we got like live strings to play while he sung this song um, at some point it's just so pretty with that um, and it just seems like through the lyrics he's like waiting for this other person to call and apologize to just you know be that person maybe maybe not to be together again but to almost clear the air or to make sure the other person is sort of feeling sorry as well um, and it's like he's kind of you know waiting for the other person to call and say sorry like maybe one day you'll do it but it doesn't seem like that day's coming um, I mean the maybe definitely makes it feel that way like oh maybe it'll happen but most likely not but also the but you you never do like it's kind of like he's let down again and again um, this isn't the first time it's happened like you never do it you've never done it and you probably never will um, and then I think live sometimes he adds do you at the end so but you you never do do you and it's kind of this almost um you know you know not breaking the fourth wall but like sort of directly at the person kind of questioning like do you that's right you don't um 
kind of like directly to them. Um, but yeah, I really, really love this part. Um, and then we go into woke up. Um, the girl who just who looked just like you. I almost said your name. And um, it seems like looks just like you in the tense that it's in. It almost seems like, you know, he went home with someone purposely because they reminded him of this other person uh, he was missing. Um, and then we have, and so clearly he's like woken up with some girl he doesn't really know um, and is missing the person he actually wants to be with. Um, and so much so that he almost called this new girl by the other person's name by accident, whether that means like in the throes of passion or like when he's like waking up with them. Um, I don't know, but, uh, this isn't like a super new, totally fresh idea of something. I mean, I've seen this, you know, thing where you accidentally call whoever you're with by the wrong name. But I think it's legitimate because it's something that he actually seems to have, like, been through. It's not just, like, you know, a cheesy throwaway line. It seems like this song is pretty intimate. So I, I would, like, validate its usage even though um, it's kind of an, an image or a story we've heard a number of times in a lot of songs. Um, just because I think... It's so personal to him and his experience, and this was just a part of that sort of aloneness and sadness and uncoolness. Um, and it seems very real in the moment and in the way he sings it, um, that I don't mind it too much. Um, and then the song ends. We haven't spoken since you went away. Comfortable silence is so overrated. Why won't you ever say what you want to say? Even my phone misses your call. We haven't spoken since you went away. Comfortable silence is so overrated. Why won't you say what you want to say? Even my phone misses your call, by the way. So we have the, it repeats this part twice, but the by the way only comes at the very end, um, which I think, again, with that by the way, in the, first, in the first part sort of ends on misses your call and it jumps right back into the we haven't spoken. And I think that leaves you like hanging a little bit and you're like, okay, what? It, like, jolts you a little bit, but in a good way. Um, it's almost like, you know, the phone hasn't been put down. It's, like, not over. But then at the end, it's sort of, like, by the way, sets you back down again. Um, and, oh, my gosh, the harmonies at this end are so beautiful. Um, in this second part, he just does harmonies and goes up into that high falsetto that we've seen throughout the album, which is amazing. And I hope it comes on the next album. And it just sounds so, so pretty. Um and then the last thing I wanted to point out was that at the very end, we get this same little melody that I mentioned earlier, where it's repeating the same sound as what he says, um, like, woke up alone in this hotel room. We get that same melody. I don't know if melody is the right word, kids. I'm just like making things up. <laughs> but we get the guitar playing that same um, tune. But rather than it going up at the end, just like it did earlier, it ends up going down and sort of having this like soft settling and sort of sad ending where it drops back down, like like the notes are actually lower, which I think sort of sets it, it sets the song down on sort of a somber note, but also in kind of a little bit of a closure. 
you could get a little bit of closure from it and it, it ends the album that way um, and I think it does a really really good job at it just overall such a good song I think there's some really intimate songwriting that happens here and sonically it sounds so beautiful um, in terms of sort of a musical analysis although I've tried to do that throughout um, like the instruments obviously guitar and um, the string instruments um, but really it's just so much about that sort of production of the song being so personal and like getting all those little noises um, I wrote down some of the noises like at the very beginning at around second five to six there's this like tiny little scuff sound that just you know is something that you could totally edit out but it really really works or then again we have that breath um, that Harry takes before he starts singing you can hear all the sounds of the guitar and the strings hitting each other and the fingers on the frets uh, what else do I have? There's like buzzes of the guitar. And again, these are maybe not things you would specifically hear each individual sound by itself, but you sort of get the effect of it as you listen. But when you really, you know, listen in detail for all these little sounds, you'll hear them. The sounds of his lips moving, um, the vibration of the strings. There's a cracking sound, tiny little cracking sound that ends up staying in and they don't take it out. Uh, what was I going to say? The ending. There's at the very ending where, you know, the music is, you know, dying off and dying out. There's this little shuffle. It's almost like someone's foot moved or, you know, someone knew the song was ending and they sort of like lifted up their body posture, like moved a little bit in it. In this the microphones picked up on it and they kept it in um, or there's this little tap sound and just all of those combined just make it feel so so special so um, really kudos for leaving that all in there it is really cool in terms of what 1d song does it remind me of I guess if I could fly would be the closest one just because it's very somber or if or I want to write you a song but I want to write you a song is a happier song than if I could fly I think if I could fly is more emotionally in the same direction as from the dining table Rating out of 10, I don't know what I've rated any of his songs so far, but this one has to be up there. It's got to be like a 9.8, a 10. I don't know. It's way up there. It's really, really good, guys. I really like it. Um, just all those little details. That's why it like makes me want to really get those live versions of all of Harry's songs and put them on my phone because there's just something special about live versions of songs. Um, especially ones that don't have like the audience in the background although that can be cool too but it's nice to have just just the you know intimate feeling of it being live um, and I tweeted the other day that I've been listening to a number of live 
songs Harry has done. Um, and if you want to get those, just hit me up on Twitter and I'll send you the doc that, or the, I'll send you the MP3 files. Right now I have Carolina Live, Ever Since New York Live, Girl Crush Live, Just a Little Bit of Your Heart, Landslide, Leather and Lace, Sign of the Times, Ultra Light Beam, and Wild Thoughts. So that's my compilation of live Harry songs, but I also want to just compile all the songs from the Apple Music documentaries as well and get all those live versions because they were beautiful. Um, but yeah, that's my discussion for today. I hope you liked it and I hope you enjoyed like me adding in all the little sounds. Hopefully it's going to take me a while to edit it, but hopefully it was worth it to get like all the little sound clips to hear exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I love your feedback on what you think about From the Dining Table. Was your interpretation of the song similar to mine? Do you have similar feelings about it? Um, let me know because obviously it was only me on this song discussion so I'm definitely relying on you guys to give me some feedback about it. Um, maybe in the future I'll announce which song I'll be discussing in advance so we can get some of your ideas and I can read some of your tweets. Um, but yeah, I think I think that went really well. I mean, it's definitely more of a <laughs> like breather workout because I'm just talking and there's no time to like pause or take a drink of water. But I hope you liked it with just me and it was okay. Um, and let me know what songs you'd like to do next. I'm going to try to do some polls as well to see what you guys want. This one was the one that won the poll. Um, I did one the other day on Twitter. If you're not following us on Twitter, head over there at talk underscore direction. Um, but this was the one you guys voted for. So I did it. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll put up some for a Nile song to do next time and you guys can vote on it and we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, I think that is everything. Um, thank you so much for listening to episode 123 of Talk Direction. You can follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. You can email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. You can go to our Tumblr, which is talkdirection.tumblr.com or our Instagram, which is just talkdirection. And you can follow me individually on Twitter at Caitlin I.R. Foster. And I also have an Instagram, which is, again, Caitlin I.R. Foster. I'm pretty much Caitlin I.R. Foster everywhere. Um, and on we have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash talkdirection. And for today's TDDL, or Talk Direction Down Low, which is an extra sort of half hour of episode, we'll be talking about... Um, Sign of the Times as the song for the Google commercial, the end of the year Google commercial. Um, we're talking about Harry writing a song on the soundtrack for the movie Love, Simon. And the cool new style Zane seems to be having out and about. His cool suits and, um, I don't know, street style has just been, been really on point. So you can go over to Patreon and subscribe over there to listen to that. Um, you can also rate and review us and subscribe on iTunes. We are Talk Direction, and we're also on SoundCloud as Talk Direction, but you can also find us probably on all the different apps you use to listen to podcasts. I am Caitlin. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 124. Bye! Why won't you ever say what you want to say? Even my phone, this is your call.